Captured by Christ. What's going on, everybody? So, we are going to read from Colossians. And we're going to read from chapter 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doeth also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned, Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you, a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, to start off this, as I've pointed out before, and I need to point it out again. Who are these letters written to? To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace does not come from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ unto people who are not in Christ. It's the truth. You tend to hear of common grace, but there is no common grace. There's just not. Because that would infer, again, that God has two different types of everything. Going back to what I've said recently about God loving everybody. It's not so. If he was truly the savior of every single human being, then every single human being would be saved. Because it's 100% the grace of God that anyone is saved. It's the grace of God that a person would even feel the need 
for a savior. Because as we see, there are people in this world that indeed need a savior, but have no desire for him. And that can be nothing but the work of God. Because it's so obvious that the right decision is to submit unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've all, in the past or even right now, have been bamboozled into believing that somehow, some way, God loves those he sends to the lake of fire. When everyone on both sides, whether you're saved or whether you go to the lake of fire, all the people collectively in both camps had committed the same sins. So what was the difference? The difference is Christ. And Christ alone. Because all the ones that are saved were covered. What were they covered with? The blood that was spilt at Calvary. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If someone is judged by their own works, which it also says that, you know, that the judgment is the judgment of the secrets within man's heart. And we must understand if we ourselves are judged for these things, we're not going to heaven. I've said it before and I'll say it again because it's yet to be refuted. There is nobody, not you, not your baby. I have a baby at home. She's precious. Not your wife. Not any of your family. Nobody can satisfy God, can satisfy the Lord Jesus Christ except himself. That's why we must be covered with the righteousness of Christ. Because you see, today, the majority consensus is that regeneration takes place. However, Christ, if Christ is within you, and you see, you have to understand, we receive the righteousness of Christ, we receive the sanctification of Christ, we receive the justification of Christ, we receive the faith of Christ, 
and many other things. But they are all of Christ, and being that they are all of Christ, they are all perfect gifts. And we receive all of these perfect gifts by having Him within us in spirit. So even though we're here, it's happening, we're, we're inside of life, the one that's outside has determined himself to be inside and dwelt within you, if you believe in him. But notice how in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, how in the world are we to believe that we can be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, yet supposedly his will is a mystery, which is the majority consensus. And unfortunately, for those who claim it's not a mystery, they won't claim what it is true for. And the scripture is clear on what his intentions are. You know, you know, God does work in mysterious ways. However, he makes his ways known. And sometimes it's extremely personal. But every situation can teach or can be used to teach something that you may have known or may have never known that was in Scripture. But point is we've gotten to where we just say God is complex and even though we'll call scripture inerrant and infallible meaning that not only is everything true within, within it everything is correct everything can be analyzed and proven to be true. Yet, there's still supposedly a mystery when it comes to what God's will is. Or, just like we'll see in Colossians 1, that the mystery of God is revealed. 
mean there is no more mystery. Which we'll see that in just a moment. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, this short list of of things that that we are going to be able to be accounted with not responsible for we can't do anything good only Christ can do good that's why he must be within there is no increasing in the knowledge of God if God, Jesus Christ, is not within you, giving you what he knows. There is no way to be strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, if he is not within you, using his glorious power to strengthen you with all his might. And unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Although it may seem that Christ is on the edge of his seat ready to destroy. He's patient with you and me. If you believe he is within you this morning. And we're told. In First Thessalonians, that we are in Jesus Christ and in God the Father. Are we in two different bodies? Nope. In fact, Christ said himself, the Father is in me and I'm in the Father. Case closed. At some point, you have to come to grips. If Jesus Christ says that when you've seen me, you've seen the one that sent me, it's not an analogy. I'm here to tell you the the commercialized tradition field rhetoric about Jesus being a little shepherd boy growing up into a man supposedly had to be taught by people and supposedly just loved everybody like I cannot tell you how sad it is to see people who are wonderful people, mind you. But they believe such a pathetic lie. And to be perfectly honest, it's a little bit narcissistic. Because if you're going to claim that you're saved, as I do, and claim 
that we don't have to face the wrath of God as I do because we are covered by Christ who took on the wrath of God for us as I do. Then you have to get out of your mind that Jesus is not going to be the one that is destroying people. The, you know, which is why, again, you need to come to grips with the concept that Jesus is the Lord and the Christ, as mentioned in the book of Acts. The Lord, Old Testament, Christ, New Testament. What's in the middle of the Old and the New Testament? The four Gospels. Who are the four Gospels all about? A person by the name of Jesus. There is no other. The Lord in the Old Testament that said, Vengeance is mine, not yours, is the same Christ that said to us, if someone hits you on the cheek, give him the other one. The God of the Old Testament, again, same individual, is said to smite the cheekbone. We can't apply the same commands to Christ as Christ commands us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If anyone believes that, I'm just here to tell you out of love, but I'm going to be stern about it. You have no right, authority, place to even think about applying the same commands that Christ commands you with to himself. Absolutely absurd. Christ purposefully fulfilled the law. You know what else he fulfilled though? The law, the prophet, and the Psalms. Those three words together back in that day was the entire canon of Scripture. All the books we have in our Old Testament today. Same ones. I'm just saying, if you had known it at one time, you probably have forgotten it. But more than likely, you didn't know it. You didn't know that Jesus was going to take vengeance out on his enemies, did you? You didn't understand the reason why you was saved and why the other was not. Because how is Jesus going to love all his enemies with everlasting love, just as he tells Jeremiah he has for him in the Old Testament? 
how, how on earth are you going to say that God loves all his enemies with the same kind of everlasting love with a straight face? You can't. You're going to turn into a liar. You're going to turn into a full-on false teacher. It's one thing for you to be in the moment and, you know, you're genuinely seeking out the Lord, but you're just not there yet on, on, uh, like the accuracy of your statements. That's one thing. And that, you know, and that issue in itself, that's why I try to hold back because I, you know, I hate saying it like this because I'm not allowing God to do anything, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to let God be God and let him judge the intentions of the heart. You know, it's just like all these people that have all these big followings, um, and some flash it more than others, but some of them have a good bit amount of money. And that they always seem to have the common trend of not mentioning the involvement of, dare I say, the Roman Catholic Church in world affairs. Because everybody's looking around for the problem. They're looking at Russia, China, North Korea, Taiwan, the United Kingdom, the United States, Israel, Jordan, Palestine, etc. Why would you look anywhere else than Rome? There's literally another city inside of Rome that is its own country. It's called Vatican City. The only reason why you're not looking there is because you're not paying attention. And you're not seeing what this system is trying to replace. And it's trying to replace something well, better yet, trying to replace someone's authority where he has already laid it out perfectly that there is no end to his authority. And that's why a lot of these doctrines come out like regeneration because it keeps you here on earth. It keeps you in your place. Because if you're... Because in Rome's mind, as long as the earth's intact, they have authority. And of course it's garbage that their reasonings for why they claim to have authority are easily refuted. If you're brave enough to prove it for yourself. Which is really easy to do by the way. 
just got to pay attention long enough. But with all these things, it's all about recognizing who Jesus is. If someone comes up to you and preaches you another Jesus, let him be anathema, eternally damned. Now the grace of God is still the factor by which anyone is saved. But I'm here to tell you today, if you were to ask the world to tell you all of the possible doctrines that you could believe in, in regards to scripture, you know which one is probably not going to be on the list? And it's the only true one, period? Is that it's Jesus and Jesus alone he is the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit because he is God and God alone there is no other I urge you to read um, Isaiah 41 all the way as far as you want because I believe it's 41 where where the Lord is basically starting this entire speech, if you will. Declaring over and over and over again. Because it's true. We, we need him to beat his word into us. We need him to knock us silly. We do. We are that ignorant. And that's stubborn and hardened. But he must teach us, discipline us. He doesn't discipline everybody. All because a Satanist. You know, and this is a really deep topic. But, again, on both sides, there are people with the same things on their accounts. It's just one person has been covered graciously by the person that calls them son. And you have the other who is not covered by him and he is judged by that same individual and punished in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, 
principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. We, we say it all the time, guys. We are adopted into God's family. Who is the head of God's family? God. The Father, right? How can Jesus Christ be the head of the body if the Father is supposedly not Jesus Christ? If the bell has rung yet in your head, praise Jesus Christ. You have come to understand your reality. You have officially been woke. Jesus is the head of the family of God. Because just as Revelation 21, 5-7 clearly points out that the individual who calls us son, his name is Jesus Christ. Like, for, for those that are still hung up on that traditional doctrine, I pray for you. You're, you're literally wanting to go to heaven and look for someone else besides Jesus Christ. And you're not going to find him. You're not going to find anyone. Like, that. there is no other God. There is no other individual. You're not going to find it. And what's ironic is, according to this same Trinity doctrine, the other two persons, they're invisible. And to make matters worse, because you see, Satan cannot help but leave behind cracks in his work. Um, it, you know, the Trinity Doctrine would have been a lot more, um, convincing if you would have actually said that the invisible persons of the Father and the Holy Spirit did actually had bodies. Okay, because that's the setup. The Father, visible. The Son, visible. The Holy Spirit, visible. Yeah, clearly right here, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God? Jesus. So how is Jesus separated from the Father and the Holy Spirit? And that's the point. Did the scripture tell you that? No. The scripture never told you that the word God just meant divine essence. The scripture never said that there was 
a three-person triad in heaven by one name, yet contains two more names. And one of them's unknown, and the other one is Jesus. Because we're told who the Holy Spirit is. Let's look real quick. Let's see who the Holy Spirit is. Even the mystery which have been hid from ages and from generations now is made manifest to his saints. The, there is no mystery. If, if you are a true saint in Christ, there, there is no mystery. Sorry. It, you know, that, that's the number one claim of the Trinitarian. That is a mystery. There is no mystery. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, it was not until the Council of Constantinople that the Holy Spirit was considered a third distinct person. Because you can't claim the Holy Spirit to not be God. Just like you can't claim Jesus to not be God. But how do you remove Jesus from being God without not removing Jesus from being God on paper? You make him into the second person of a three-person trap three-person triad trinity of one God who is supposedly not Jesus yet the second person of himself is Jesus and the only visible one mind you Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Perfect. He is faithful to us even when we are faithless. Yet faith is required. And faith is a gift of God, not of our own doing, lest any man should boast. And also, Jude 1.3, the faith that every person in Christ possesses is the same faith. But it's not just the same faith. It's once for all delivered. And notice also, every good and perfect gift is from above. You go tell me the faith of Jesus Christ himself is not perfect. 
And by the way, what what did like what have we done with his faith? Oh, I know what we did. And let me clarify something. I'm not blaming anybody in today's world. But the thing I will say is, we don't help the situation. Christ has no faith in any of us. Christ only has faith in himself. Jesus Christ has no faith in you that you're going to come to him. It's like I hear it all the time. Faith comes by hearing. What about the deaf person? Which the point of it is you must have the ears to hear just like you must have the eyes to see. How do you receive these things? God. Jesus Christ. And again, just like I said earlier, just like there's people in both camps that have similar sins, do you not think that there's a physically deaf person in hell, just like there's a physically deaf person or once was a physically deaf person in heaven? Absolutely. But didn't the one that went to heaven, did he, did he not have the ears to hear? He most certainly did. I wonder how he received those. Because, you know, the, the people that wave around their, wave around the scripture like it's a magic wand, as if it's going to make what they believe true. How could they have made it to heaven if they couldn't physically hear the word of God? And that's the point. Get out of your tradition. Start saying no to evil. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It's just like sugar. It tastes sweet, doesn't it? But go ahead and eat as much as you want of it. But, I gotta warn you. You eat a speck of sugar too much, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. But let's go into uh, Colossians 2. For I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. Laodicea is one of the churches mentioned in Revelation. I urge you to go read that. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance 
of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. So, first thing to notice, verses 1 and 2. If we're going to claim to be children of God, then we are going to claim that we are sons of God, as the scripture says. And this includes daughters. And we'll get into that subject a little bit later. But it's not as if women are totally excluded here. Like, that. there's no oppression being done here. It's just, it's sons of God. And there's probably scripture showing daughters of God as well. But, like I said, we'll get into that some other time. But notice, For as many has not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, unto all riches of the full assurance. So, Doubting Thomas, one of the disciples, you know, he would not believe that Jesus had resurrected until he had seen him. Seen the wounds in his hands and um, and in his uh, side. What does he say to him, or excuse me, what does Jesus say to Thomas after he finally does see him? He says, you believe in me because you've seen me. But blessed are those that believe in me who have not seen me. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. We have Christ within us. Therefore, we are living the life of the Son of God. Because He is within us. It says He is walking in us. Why is this? Because He has taken away all accountability from you in regards to you being saved by him. The only way that you can be saved is if you have his works on your record. If he does not step in and take over your judgment, you are dead meat. And guess who's the chef? The one the common church today says loves all people. He does not. He only loves his children. He only loves his bride. And he only loves his family. Because they are all the same group of people. But just like right now, through this podcast, I'm doing not only what Paul was doing through this letter, 
but what Jesus is doing right now through us. Because I'm telling you, if you believe in God's word and you believe that you have his spirit within you, if you do not call him Christ, you have a problem. And you have a problem waiting. You have a problem awaiting for you if you do not come to grips with who Jesus is. Because there will be many who will mistake another individual for Jesus. And they will submit to him and take his mark. I don't know when that day is going to be. But what's even sad is when Jesus says that no one knows the hour or the day or knows the hour of the day of the Lord uh, even the Son only the Father well who's the one saying this the Son of God whose return is it like who is the Lord on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ And you have to understand, Jesus said things in a certain way because only his sheep will hear his voice. It's not just about the sound. It's about what is said and how it is being said. Now notice this. Full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. What was that mystery? We just saw this. Colossians 1. To whom God would make known was the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Don't get hung up. This letter was to physical Gentiles in the flesh. All of humanity is defined by Jew or Gentile in reality. According to the world, there's hundreds of um, labels to use. But yet, that's not what the Lord's looking at. If you're circumcised, meaning in Christ, you are a Jew. If you are uncircumcised, not in Christ, you are a Gentile. And what was happening was, at the end of the Old Testament, going into the Gospels, the, the Israelites that had completely rejected the God of their fathers were calling themselves Jews and were told in Revelation, I believe it's Revelation 2 there are people who call themselves Jews but they're not Jews, they are of the synagogue of Satan and in Acts 7 you are shown that these supposed Jews 
who killed the Lord Jesus Christ were revealed by Stephen whom they had killed for revealing it that they had actually replaced what was behind the veil with their false idols meaning all the people on the other side that was coming to the temple to worship the true and living God who they thought were, was on the other side of that veil they were physically worshiping the devil and didn't even know the difference that's why the veil was torn and you're told what was left behind because what was there was taken by Christ himself in this life you are either an honorable vessel made into the image of his son whom is his beloved eternally intimately intently or you are a dishonorable vessel that will be dashed to pieces grinded into the dust and burned With no remembrance, no memory, no evidence whatsoever of your existence. I can only say these things because they're true. And I can only say that they are true because of who said them. God said them. This is the bibliography of God Almighty. Every book in this scripture is ultimately written by him through the individual. Now, in whom are hid, meaning Christ, who is the Father and God, by the way, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and this I say, lest any man shall, uh, should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's called Christ in you. Come on, church. Joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now, I, I just want to stop here for just one second here. When I was talking about the faith of Christ earlier. Okay. It's not just the King James, but what, what I have in my hands is the King James Version. There is both faith in, faith in Christ and faith of Christ. Now, I'm going to ask audience listener what would be the need of changing faith of Christ to faith in Christ if you already have verses within the same text saying faith in Christ Because you see, it'd be one thing if all of them 
including this verse, said faith of Christ. Because see, the steadfastness of your faith of Christ, it doesn't fit. See? It doesn't refute what I just said earlier. It's just it doesn't fit there. Yet, supposedly, Galatians 2, um, let's see, Galatians 2, I believe Romans 6, but regardless, faith of Christ was changed, guys, for a reason. Because what's the central doctrine of the social church today? It's by your faith. It is. But is it the faith of yourself that you give to him? You're going to give him such a pitiful, pitiful offering. Like, give me a break. What did I say earlier? Only God can be satisfied by God. Why does the potter dash the dishonorable vessels into pieces? Because he is not satisfied with what he has just made. Which was the purpose of making it. He literally created individuals to receive eternal life or to have been scrapped. And we are inside of what is going to lead to us seeing which one we are in. And that's why you do need to pay attention when it says in Hebrews that Esau sought repentance with tears and did not receive it. Why did he not receive it? That was not what he was created for. Because again, as I've already said before, because, I mean, it's so simple to understand. Jacob on paper, you know, Esau left for a minute. What did Jacob do while Esau was gone? He deceived his blind father Isaac into believing that he was Esau so that way he could steal his inheritance. And even after Isaac had realized what he had done, he didn't do anything to change it. Because what's done is done. It is finished. 
That's why at some point in Esau's life, he stopped seeking after repentance. You know why? Because he was not one of us. As the apostles put it. If they truly were of us, they would have been with us. They would not have fallen away. Now again, we have to clarify this along with the fact that that's not even the measuring stick of what puts a person in each spot. Is the grace of Almighty God, Jesus Christ. And you have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in Him. We have received Him within us. Okay? We are the walk in Him. It says in other places, He walks in us. Why? Because we are one with each other. The Father and the Son are one. If you are going to claim, as I do, that you are a son or daughter of God, which is probably why he uses, I, I've just realized that, I'll go back to that in a minute. Wow. But, if we're going to claim to be the Son of God, then we must be one with our Father. And, what's the only way that you can be one with God? Is if you're in God. And how or in whom is God that we are to be in? Christ. And and remember Christ is the title and uh yeah, what who what was Christ's name? Jesus, isn't it? In English. Absolutely. There's no defeat in the Son of God. Always remember, I just said that. Remember that. There is no defeating the Son of God. Rooted and built up in Him, established, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So notice you're given beware. And then you're given what it is he's trying to warn you about. 
What is the philosophy, the vain deceit, the tradition of men, and the rudiments of the world? Why are we being warned about these things? For one, they're not after Christ. But to understand this, through these avenues, philosophy, vain deceit, traditions of men, and rudiments of the world, through these avenues, the world is being led to believe that someone else, other than Jesus Christ, is God. Verse 9, For in him, Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Who is the head of the body? Who is the head of the body of God? Jesus. He is the Godhead. The fullness thereof. And you are complete in him. Complete. And we're not like you. You and I are complete in Christ Jesus. But it's only because we have Jesus Christ within us. It has nothing to do with you and me. Nothing. The revelation of you being made new has not happened yet. The, the revelation that all your sins have been covered has not happened yet. And the revelation that you are even a son of God has not even happened yet. The reason why I can make the claim that I believe I'm the son of God is because I do believe it. Because I have to. I have not been revealed yet to be a son of God, just like the day that's mentioned in Romans 8.19 by the same author, physically, of this same letter. In whom also, Jesus, you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. What did he do? What did he do? Okay, see, we hear it all the time. We're spiritually dead. And it's true. It's 100% true. But why? Because it's not the same why for everybody. Did you die with Christ? If you died with Christ, amen. You will rise again. In fact, according to him, we have already done so. We are already seated with him in the heavenly places, according to him. But again... This is all going to be revealed, manifested, um, like we can see the hat on the table moving around. 
but the rabbit that's underneath it, named Jesus Christ, you know, he hasn't been revealed yet as of his second coming. And notice again, circumcision of Christ. Circumcision is cutting the cut into the side of the Son of God. Think about this. Christ is within you. What flowed out of Jesus when they speared him in his side? Blood and water. And they agree with each other. Because it's actually the spirit, the blood, and the water. And these three agree in one, Jesus Christ. But that imagery, it's like as if we, the Son of God, are spirit in our side by God, not to be destroyed but to be indwelt and guaranteed salvation. We were buried with him in baptism. Remember, the baptism that saves is not water baptism. It's not an infant sprinkling or a physical immersion into purified or non-purified water. It's death where also you are risen with him. The baptism is death to life. That is, that is the symbolic imagery. That is the message of the water baptism. The water baptism itself is not this baptism. That's the most important one. You are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who's the operation of God? The right hand of God. Who's the right hand of God? Jesus Christ. Who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Like there's no running away from this. If you didn't die with Christ, you're not going to heaven. And how would, like, you don't know. You don't know if you are. Do you have faith, though? I'm telling you, that's the most important thing. Have faith. Be steadfast in them. And by doing this, he blotted out the handwritings of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. 
and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So by all the things that he went through, he ensnared the wicked because he spoiled the principalities and powers and then turned it on their heads by rising out of the grave. You see, death is the most powerful tool for any leader to use that's why there's a lot of times um, needed deliberation to decide on whether or not it's a good idea to kill but you know we don't think about that aspect as we should um, we don't think about God ensnaring the wicked. We only think about him saving the lost. And there's no such thing as a lost sheep unless he already has a home. And he already has a shepherd. And he already is a slave to a master. Remember that. There is no lost sheep unless that sheep already has a home, a shepherd, and is already a slave to a master. Always remember that. There's no changing that. Let no man therefore judge you in meat and drink in respect of a holy day of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. We are not to be told that it's wrong for us to eat meat. We are not to, we are not to be told that it's wrong for us to drink, whether it be a soda, alcohol, water, etc. Whether it be smoking something. Anything. In respect of a holy day, so holy days are holidays. That's where it comes from. And holy days are pagan days. Which is why the uh, new moons and Sabbath days are mentioned after. Because we have been deceived into celebrating these pagan holy days. However, the Lord Jesus Christ is greater than our sin. And therefore... He has made a way for you to celebrate a day that was once shameful to celebrate to now you can celebrate it 
and put Jesus Christ as the head of the holiday. And all that you're doing through that is showing the world that every day is the Sabbath day because every day we have Christ within us and every single day is a day that is worth the Lord's attention and adoration and worship. New moons and Sabbath days. So we can get into the um, the latter, not the latter day saints, the um, um, excuse me, just had on tip of my tongue, Seventh day of Adventist and the Catholic Church. So their big divide is Sunday and Saturday. This debate is not even supposed to, like, it exists because of the will of God, but a person's not going to hell for worshiping Jesus on Sunday, just like a person's not going to hell for worshiping him on Saturday. In fact, all the days of the week, if you look, are named after false deities that are also the names of our planets. Because before anyone ever knew that there was planets up there, I want you to think about that for a minute. They already knew their names, and they already knew them as the seven planetary deities, include Saturn, Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, I believe, Neptune, Uranus, etc. And it goes deeper than seven planetary deities, but the point is, before anyone ever truly knew that there was any planets up there, they were called planetary deities. And the names that we use for the planets, they also used in worship to those deities. So, in a sense, when we claim that that Saturn, number one, we didn't even see it for ourselves. We see an image. And in a sense, we are acknowledging the existence of these false deities. And again, that's just one of those subtle ways of Satan trying to deceive us and being successful. However, He's not successful to the point of it even deterring the Lord from saving you. Let no man beguile you, notice that phrasing again, of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding the head 
from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered, knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. So Jesus, God, the head of the body, he is the one who nourishes us. He is the one who ministers to us. He is the one who is knitting us together and increasing us in God. Like he is our father. He is the one disciplining us. Wherefore if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. Why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances? So again. If the government tells you you can't eat meat. Is the Lord Jesus Christ going to punish you for eating meat? No, because the Lord already told you, let no man tell you you can't eat meat. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ, meaning you will be alive with Christ, and dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, meaning governments, meaning people that try to assert authority over you, Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will, worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Meaning, it's kind of like with the vegan and the person that only eats meat. Both of them are still in the same boat. You're both sinners. You're both in need of a Savior. And you're both dead. And you cannot add on any more seconds to your life than what the Lord has determined for you. No matter whether you only eat meat or do not eat meat at all. We're going to stay in Colossians the next few episodes. Um, but I urge you, go read it for yourself. Gather up some people that want to see what Jesus truly has to say through his word. Stop worrying about which authors you need to look up and which books you need to go by. You already have all that you need. And that's in regards to myself. You know, that there may be someone else that you understand better with it. Fine. But I want you to have your own. Your own copy. Of not just the most truthful, the most perfect book in the world. But the so-called key to the matrix, you heard me right. Look up that word in scripture. It's there. It means womb. The key to the matrix is the word of God. 
Jesus Christ himself. The only way that you're going to truly know him, besides himself being within you, is his word on paper. Because ultimately, this word on paper is the one in your heart. And it should make you to strive to be as perfect as possible in understanding what he has to say. And that's why I believe it's so vast, yet so blunt. Because it's supposed to be straight to the point, but it's broad to where there's different areas to where the Christian may have a better a better grip on how to explain the truth contained within it to someone else. Which again, all these things have to do with God. And I love each and every single one of you and I hope y'all have a wonderful day and guys there is no other God and there is no other Christ. You need to be captured by Christ. You need to be captured by Jesus. Because there are people who are captured by another Christ. And the only type of Christ that can claim himself to be Christ but not actually be him can only be an antichrist. There are people captured by that other Christ. You don't want to be captured by him. And it's not because he's going to destroy you. It's because the true Christ, his name is Jesus, is going to destroy him and you with him. Don't go with that other individual. Know who your God is. Stop being afraid of authority. You have more authority than the ones that claim they have authority over you. And you know it. If you claim that you have Christ within you, you have authority. And he will show you how to wield that sword. Because it's not to be used in vain. And I love each and every single one of y'all. And y'all have a blessed day. Captured by Christ.